Welcome to another edition of Revealing the Diamond. I'm your host, Tiago Prem Singh. This week on the show, we go to uh, our opening class for the Dharma Temple Calgary, which was an incredible session. Uh, things are on hold there, just like everywhere else in the world, but it was it was a real blessing to share in that space. And I'm looking forward to sharing again in that space once we pass through this uh, time of pandemic. I hope that you and your families are well. I know this can be a challenging time. If you could use support in the realm of recovery, please check out the recovery circle that we have. It's on Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific. There's a link in my Instagram bio. Uh, anyone is welcome. It doesn't have to be drugs and alcohol. It's any kind of support. It's a support circle. Recovery is about reestablishing a relationship with your true self and looking at the patterns uh, that are causing symptoms that block you or make you uh, sort of lose sight of who you are in relationship to your conditions. So that's a great option. Also, if you'd like uh, to connect with community a little more, you can check out patreon.com. That's patreon.com backslash Tiago Prem Singh. There's live classes there that you could participate in. Uh, right now, it's there's all levels of payment plans. Just want to make it as accessible as possible for everyone to continue to connect with the work that we're doing during this uncertain time. want to say thank you to our sponsors, Seed Apparel. Seed, I love the seed pants. I'm wearing the bare grass pants right now, beautiful green hemp pants. Uh, super versatile. You can wear them for just about anything. Skateboarding, rock climbing, practicing yoga, hanging out with your friends. Um, I love, love, love what they do. They're a socially responsible company. They're an environmentally uh, responsible company. And I'm super grateful to have them on board as a sponsor. Also want to give a shout out to Minds Die. Uh, all of the stars or turbans that you see me uh, rocking in my photographs on social media or in classes on video that sort of thing are made by minds die uh, she's really talented she makes custom pieces she does bed sheets she does hoodies she does kimonos all kinds of things like that so check out minds die they're on instagram um, and also on etsy uh, and uh, also for seed if you want to get yourself a pair of seed pants go to the seedstore.ca or hit them up at i am seed on instagram so thank you so much to our sponsors if you love the show please rate review us wherever you listen to the show uh, share it with your friends if you have questions comments hit me up at tiago prem at thedharmatemple.com or tiagopremsing at gmail.com. You can also DM me on Instagram. Um, I have a, an idea for an upcoming YouTube series where I answer your questions. Uh, so if you have any questions, those will go to video and we'll get them up as soon as we can. I think that's it for today. So let's check out this uh, talk that was done just before the pandemic at Dharma Temple Calgary. Lots of love to everybody out there. Hope you're well. Hope that you are uh, taking some time to rest and to look at who you want to be in this life. How do you want to show up? How do you want to show up to serve? How do you want to show up in relationship to your conditions, in your relationships, in this world that we live in? Take some time to reflect on that. And I hope that this episode uh, brings you a little bit closer to that awareness. Love you. Satnam. Today's, uh, we're talking about listening, and that's a great springboard, the emptiness. Because we uh, can think about emptiness as being like uh, 
bleak or something like oh, I don't have anything but emptiness you've probably heard this story before the um, a professor of Zen Buddhism goes to see a Zen master like a monk kind of a person and the Zen the professor is really excited to sit with this great sage and so he wants to reason and ask all these questions about Zen. And so he goes to sit in the company of this great practitioner of Zen. And uh, like any good Zen practitioner, they sit for tea first and foremost. So they sit down, and the tea is there. And the professor is, you know, on edge, ready to get the information, get the knowledge. And the master prepares the tea, and he puts it in the pot. And he uh, says to him, hold your cup for a sec. And so he holds it over his lap. And he pours the tea over his lap like this, and the tea fills all the way up over the cup and spills out all over onto the lap of the professor, making a big mess. And the professor is uh, offended, right? Like, what are you, like, what in the world are you doing? And he said, this is your first lesson in Zen. You came here with a full cup. How am I supposed to teach you anything? You know, it's a great story, and it's very rascally like Zen. The idea is, is that why I do this practice is, is that I wake up every morning with a full head of nonsense. Mostly in the morning, it's... Why the hell am I doing this? That, that's the thing. But through the years of practice, I've been able to enter into a space, usually takes a cold shower and taking a bunch of herbs that I know are really good for this organism, scraping my tongue, cleaning my teeth. I'm still in a negative space at this point. And then I sit, I light the altar that where I sit every morning I'm still usually in a negative space. And then I begin to recite the sounds of Japji Saab. And usually about, about three minutes in, my view of the world has gone from my pesky little annoyances to a wider view of how vast reality is. That's why I do it, you know. And, and this isn't the only way. Like, you know, when you wake up early, when you go to a beautiful place camping or something, you don't just lay in the tent and get cooked by the sun unless you're, you know, at some crazy electronic music festival <laughs> partaking in, you know, something that won't allow you to get out of bed the next day. But other than that, you're not going to sit there sweating in the tent. Like, you're up with the sun. You're in the natural rhythm. You're aligned with the uh, one that causes everything to move according to a certain rhythm. You've attuned yourself to that. And then you go outside, and you're so aware of the what is, right? Like, you see the leaves and the light coming through the leaves and the blueness of the sky and the grass and the bird in the tree. And, you know, it's the same experience. You've widened your lens just by going out to nature. The only thing is, is that I have uh, been called to live in the urban setting because there's people who are in a lot of pain that are not necessarily going to go out and have that experience. That's kind of how I look at it. And if I can trick them <laughs> 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 
into doing something because they have a lot of pain they may have a wider lens experience of a practice where the end result is to completely release any kind of belief system or structure and be at oneness with real material you know what i mean some of you were here thursday real material earth water fire breath sound that's it and other people access that through other means music you know service it, there's no one way but i found this to be really useful especially for people uh, in recovery from drugs and alcohol uh, people in recovery from corruption in religion people in recovery from corruption in politics people with issues with anxiety people with issues with depression people with issues with trauma so that's pretty much everybody <laughs> you know and i want to be clear like i never came to doing this dharma because i was looking for a savior in another human being i've been around yoga circles for over 20 years of my life and there's always corruption always doesn't matter and you know why it's like my tea teacher says he says the earth doesn't have a, a ecological problem environmental problem it doesn't have a, a problem with economics you know what the earth's problem is people that's what he said and i'm one of them you know i got a lot of problems ask my wife <laughs> but but i've gotten better over time and the reason why is because i i have a dharma a practice that i do and the purpose of the practice is to get better at listening which i have done for sure there's no question about it and when i say listening i don't necessarily mean listening to my daughter although that is part of it i don't necessarily mean listening to my wife although that's part of it I don't necessarily mean listening to the students, although that's part of it. And I don't necessarily mean listening to my teacher, although that's part of it. What I mean is listening on a level where I'm at times able to differentiate between karma and my identity. You understand? What is karma? People think you leave a coin in the barista's cup and then you have a good day. <laughs> That's not how it works. You know. What is karma? It's your life's conditions. Your life's conditions is karma. If you really want to try and wrap your head around karma, think about it like this. Are you influenced by your parents in any way? Right, you are. You're not your parents, but you're influenced by them in some way, right? Are you influenced by their parents in some way? Yeah. Are you influenced by the city where you live? Yes. Are you influenced by the politics in the city where you live? Are you influenced by the politics that have happened here and the way we've treated indigenous people on this land? Yes. So that's just a small glimpse into karma and then you think like how many thoughts do you think you have in a day 
Anybody guess? You can't measure it, right? That's a big number. So if somebody says like, you know, remember back in the day there was like a jar full of jelly beans at the carnival or something or the school dance and you have to say like, whoever guesses the amount of jelly beans wins the thing, you know? Multiply that by a hundred or something. That's like how many thoughts you have in a day. And I would say about 90% if you're a meditator, probably 95 if you're not, which is fine. 90% is all karma. It's just thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking. And then about 5 to 10% is related to the person that you were born to be. I found that to be true. That sounds like a bleak number, doesn't it? But really, it's meant to inspire you to do a little deeper listening. Because with a little deeper listening, you find that what you're meant to do is already done. How does that make sense to the logic? Well, have you ever had an experience where you had a dream? And then fast forward in front of the dream, you're doing what you were doing in the dream? Have you ever had that? Even just for 20 seconds. Most people say, yeah. How does that work? It defies logic. How could you know in a dream that you're going to be doing something in two years from now? It just puts us back to we don't really know, right? It has to have already been. How would you know? You just haven't unlocked that part of your understanding. And it, you won't be able to do it through the intellect. You can understand karma very well through intellectual knowledge, right? Like learning from the past. But some people get so hung up with learning from the past that they're not paying attention to the what is. They're not listening. It's like this story about a master who's teaching all the students. If you don't like that, it's an old word, so we'll call it a teacher. Teacher is calling, uh, teaching to all these students. And he has a cat that is always uh, disruptive. M my cat here is very well behaved. <laughs> but it's really disruptive, but only when he's teaching. Like imagine you were sitting there and there was a cat walking through there and like scratching and biting you. Wouldn't be very pleasant. So somebody said, well, and whenever he teaches, let's take the cat and put a leash on it and tie it to a tree. And then after the lesson, we'll let the cat roam free again. Good idea. Cat's no longer biting or scratching everybody. Students get to enjoy the class. Everybody wins. Well, time passes, and the successor of the teacher takes over, and the successor of the teacher takes over, and the successor, you know, it's five generations later, and the Sangit is still thriving. And then one day, one of the students says to the teacher, how come every time you give a discourse, we have to tie a cat to a tree? Do you understand? You only were tying that specific cat to the tree because it was an issue. You don't tie the cat to the tree because it's tradition. Make sense? This is the same reason why Dalai Lama, he said, 
if something in science disproves a practice that we do in Tibetan Buddhism, we'll just stop. You know what I mean? So there is great value to the intellect and to understanding karma. But I'm interested in the part of me that is unexplainable. The part of me that's like, how could I know that was going to happen? It means that there's something that is meant to be fulfilled, and I don't understand any of it. And so my commitment is to listening. And all kinds of things are going to come up in my path that are going to say, oh, yeah, you should probably stop exploring those realms. doesn't make sense. Or there's corruption in the lineage. Or there's corruption in the society. There's always going to be corruption in humans. I don't know why. Why we're designed like that. But if you asked a scientist, they would tell you that without flaws, this realm couldn't exist. It's all based on imperfection. You know, it's like a line like this. And then there's a little like whoop. And that little whoop created all of this. Haven't you had an experience in your life where you had a little whoop that created some more profound way of living, more expansive way of living? That's what it's about. You know, so, so don't spend all your time being so fixated on everything being that straight line. Lean into the whoop, <laughs> you know. But in order to do that, you have to have a real great ability to listen and be like, yeah, that's just karma. That's my mom. Oh, that's uncle so-and-so. Oh, that's the society that we live in. Oh, that, And we're learning to see through it as a collective. And old ideas of one person will understand it are going away. And control, uh, control of government and religion is going away. The one and only is going away. And what's happening is that there's a larger collective of people who are committed to listening. But you have to know that while we pass through that, maya or the illusion of otherness is still really strong. Do you know what I mean by that? It means that we're still going to feel the pull of the savior complex. The great so-and-so and I'm the lowly peasant, is in the karma, is in your DNA to respond in that way. But it's bullshit. And when people like this, Gurnanak came along and said, no, 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 he says right in the third party, nobody is higher, nobody is lower. It doesn't exist. And even in this tradition, we put somebody higher and somebody lower. It's right there from the teacher, don't do that. But we do it because it's like a cat tied to a tree. So the deep listening means like something comes up and you say, yeah, we're not meant to do this as a tradition anymore. And everybody says, well, we have to. But you know it to be true. Do you think people are going to come in droves to support you in your resistance? Probably not. People are probably going to say, you can't do it like that. But if you know something to be true, through the, your persistence in deep listening, then you have to follow that. You know? 
That's why I keep doing this practice. And I will continue to, no matter what. And not in the way that other people said that I should, but in the way that I've seen people's lives be healed in incredible ways, including my own. But I don't do anything because I'm supposed to. You know? I do it because I go, it allows me to enter into this deep space of listening. And it allows me to go into a space where I can see, it's a neutral space, right? If your head is neutral in listening, the heart can move, the heart space can move, can guide. And then I don't fall into opinions so much. If you know something in your heart to be true, you don't need an opinion. You just do it. If you know something in your heart to be true, you don't need to prove it either. You just keep walking. And the whole world could tell you that you're wrong. And in my experience, I need some kind of daily connection in order to navigate this. Because I've been told my whole life that I can't do it that way. I don't know about you, but I didn't fit in at all, ever. You know, when I was a kid, they would say like, oh, you can't like skateboarding and basketball. I know things have changed, but when I was a kid, that was not allowed. And you can't, you know, be interested in meditation and punk rock or hardcore music and you can't like country and metal and you can't you know whatever it is and you can't now it's like oh yeah you can't uh grow your hair and not cut it and trim your beard because your wife likes it a little better that way that's not a it's not allowed and you can't you know get up at 4 30 instead of 3 30 because Yogi Bhajan said, and you can't, and it's just like, at what point do you go, I don't think any of you know anything. <laughs> and I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at the recipe, the Dharma, and I'm gonna test everything as an alchemist and as a scientist. And I'm gonna listen really deeply in relationship to it, not anyone else's opinion, and I'm gonna try it on. And I'm going to explore it from that place of not the logical part. I'm going to explore it from the place of s sensing beyond the surface. And I've found that a lot of what I've learned is really useful. And a lot is bullshit, as you said. And so I would encourage you to explore this place, this practice from a place of the heart space. And just observe what's going on and watch your thoughts and consider, is this actually me thinking or is this my programming? And you won't get it like this. It'll take a lifetime. In fact, teachings say probably many. But if you really commit to listening beneath the surface, what you'll find is you know nothing, you are nobody, and in being that, you know everything and you are everybody. And then God exists because it's not other, it's all. And it comes through listening. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. 
uh, was an incredibly potent session and I'm so, so, so humbled and grateful uh, for the gurus and for the teachings and for the Sangit, uh, the company uh, of people in our community who love and support me and give me the energy that I need to continue on. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I'm just feeling really inspired to go out there and do the work. So thank you, thank you, thank you for your participation and your attention. Uh, in supporting this podcast. Lots of love to y'all, and we'll see you soon. Satnam, Wai Guru.